Welcome to the High Profit Event Show. My name is Rudy Rodriguez, founder of the Virtual Event Sales Team and Wingman Coaching Worldwide. We provide world-class self-support services with integrity. And on this podcast, we interview successful event leaders and service providers that have led or supported profitable events online and off. Each episode will run for about 20 to 30 minutes, so stay tuned. Hi and welcome. This is Scott DeMolin. I'm the founder of Destiny Training Systems in Las Vegas, Nevada. And on today's show, one of my outcomes is to help you create more engagement, increase enrollment and profitability with your live events. Hi, I'm Rudy Rodriguez, the host of High Profit Event Show. And on today's show, we have a very, very special guest with us, us today, uh, Mr. Scott DeMullen from Destiny Training, who has over four years, four years, I mean, four decades of experience in the space of hosting and leading effective events. Um, in fact, he's worked with some of the greats like Tony Robbins, Jay Abraham, Bob Proctor, and uh, was even uh, the co-founder of and the co-creator of Business Mastery, along with Tony Robbins. So, Mr. Scott DeMollin, really excited to have you on the show with us today. Um, let's go ahead and jump right into the meat and potatoes with our audience. Um, so, I'm curious, Scott, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your experience in the industry, give us a little background, and then we'll jump right into uh, some of these questions. Thanks, Rudy. Great to be here. I can say that uh, the uh, live and virtual event business is a different animal than most people expect, and there's a lot of I call it the devil in the details to learn, to really um, master this. And a lot of people do it and they think that, hey, let's just, let's just make this happen. But uh, yeah, in four decades, I've, le- I've made a lot of mistakes and learned a lot from that. So I'm happy to share that with your group today. Awesome, sir. Yeah, we're really excited to have you here as well. One, <laughs> one note I'll make for our, our listeners here as well is um, Scott is also a, a mentor and a coach uh, to myself and our team for well over a year now. We've learned some amazing distinctions uh, from you. So we're very grateful to have you on the show. And uh, firsthand, we know the uh, the amount of value that you bring to this show. So thank you uh, very much. So um, one of the first questions we'd love to ask uh, our guest is, you know, we believe that the key to a successful event is preparation, right? What we do ahead of the event. And Scott, I think you're one of the people I know that has more emphasis on this than anyone when it comes to events. And I'd love to hear from you based on your experience. What do you do to prepare for an event? Yeah, I love that you brought that up, Rudy, because that's the step that most people miss. They focus so much on content or, you know, logistics and so forth. And the most important thing you can do is to prepare in advance. Uh, In fact, we have a whole module that precedes any of the things that we do teaching on how to engage and create better enrollments in your programs. Uh, And I call it pre-program diagnostics. Uh, It also means that you identify the needs and wants of your clients, whether it's a customize event for uh, an organization or, or whether you have a public event where you have 50, 100 or thousands of people coming to your event uh, you know, as an individual. So unless you understand the needs and the wants of your client, whether it's an organization or an individual, uh, my belief is you don't have permission to get in front of them and help them solve their problems because a stock program that you deliver over and over again is not going to have the same effect as a signature talk where it's customized to address the actual needs and wants of your client. If you don't know those, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure and you're gonna have to work harder for enrollments or conversions towards the end of that event. So yeah, pre-preparation is probably, you know, it's a little extra work for most people, including myself, but it's worth it. It pays off tenfold. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we took a course, uh, myself and one of our my partners took a course with you on that thing was called Engage from the Stage. And you shared with us um, how to prepare before delivering a talk. Uh, could you share with the audience maybe some of the specific steps that you do prior to um, engaging from the stage or leading an event? Yeah, it's actually called Engage from Your Stage. And the reason we say that is because everybody has a stage. You know, some people it's more obvious. You know, I train and work with some of the top public speakers, motivational speakers, and trainers in the world. And there's also leaders and CEOs and entrepreneurs who have a stage that's, it could be their market, it could be their employees, it could be vendors. So each of us has a stage. And the question is, in your communication, how do you create more engagement? How do you create more trust so that, you know, the conversion part of it becomes real easy? Uh, first and foremost, you know, in Engage From Your Stage, we talk a lot about 
uh, we ask the question, do you want to look good or do you want to be good? And so many people spend and invest so much time on their landing page, their website, um, and trying to look good. The question is, are you really creating value? And I know you're big on this as well, because you know, you, our whole focus should be, how do we add value and serve the needs and not the numbers? What I mean by that, when you serve the needs, you're serving the needs of the clients. You're not focused on you know, numbers, money, enrollments. Uh, that's not really as important. Because if we look at cause and effect, causes if you create massive value people want to work with you uh, my belief is that from a very early on stage like close to four decades ago when i got into the industry if i were to go out and speak if i were to go out and do a keynote if i were to go out and do a training my ultimate goal was not how much money did i make it was how much value did i provide and most importantly could I give so much value that I replace this event that I'm working, speaking, or training on today with two more events of similar value or greater? And that was my whole focus. My whole outcome was prepare to the point where if I deliver this event, I'm going to get hired for two more events, either inside the company or there's somebody sitting in the audience whose husband or wife works for another company and they automatically refer me because we did such a great job of providing value that referrals come out the door. And I can tell you, Rudy, without question, I have done zero marketing in my four decades. My whole goal was word of mouth, do, provide such great value, do such a good job that people refer and happily you know, recommend you to other possible events and, and speaking events or training events. So yeah, be so prepared and, and do such a great job that, uh, and have such substance and not just flash that people want to, to uh, recommend you. And, and it's all about character, character and reputation. This industry is not as big as you think. And if you have great character, that reflects on your reputation. If you have a great reputation, you're going to get referrals. And therefore, you never have to worry about filling the calendar. That's right. Yeah, we, I recently witnessed you uh, at an event uh, just a few months ago. And I saw firsthand how much preparation you put into it. And as a result... Um, I think a couple referrals came from that event. So I got to witness the effect of that as well. And Scott, one of the things I remember you taught us in the course was, you know, even reaching out to the audience ahead of time and speaking with them, uh, interviewing them, getting in touch with their concerns or desires or challenges. And, and we did that and we found it made a remarkable difference. In fact, that's one of the key parts of our sales system that we use is a pre-event call campaign to get to know who our attendees are and make sure that we're tailoring our message to them. So thank you for sharing that piece. Um, Scott, when, once you get to the event, you know, you've done the preparation piece, people are, you know, should now showing up at the event, they're registering and now you're leading three, four, five plus day events. Uh, what is it that you focus on during that event to create the maximum engagement uh, value and ultimately enrollments from that event? Great question, Rudy. I, you know, we, I have a saying that I coined many, many years ago that awareness precedes understanding, understanding precedes change. If you're asking your audience members to change, whether it's to do a program or a project or enroll in your programs and projects, whether it's mentoring, coaching, or, you know, something that you might be selling from stage. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, the pre-diagnostic stage is really important. Uh, we interview a cross-section of people. It's extra work for us, but we do it to understand what's really going on. Oftentimes, whoever hires you for the event, whether it's an event organizer, a meeting planner, a, a sales manager, a CEO, when they hire you for the event, they're going to tell you what they think they want and or need. Uh, and oftentimes, it's not always accurate. I remember one time I was sent a, a first-class ticket to go do an event in the British Virgin Islands, and um, I was asked to work with the leadership team. And they wanted me to come in and you know, motivate everybody, which is kind of funny because you don't motivate them. They motivate themselves. You just give them the, the precipice to be able to do that. And ironically, I asked for, you know, the names and numbers of those people we were going to be training and working with so I could talk to them in advance. And what I discovered was not what the CEO thought was really going on. And um, they thought everything was great. And in, in essence, there was a, a, a close to a mutiny on the team that I discovered, and we ended up doing an intervention and not a motivational talk. So knowing that is real important in advance. Once you get to the event, um, I think the most important thing you can do is take what you've learned 
when you've discovered the needs, the wants, the fears, the doubts, the concerns of your audience. And remember, I said, I don't think you have permission to, to be on stage until you know those. Once you get there, the foremost outcome is to build trust. You know, people talk about building rapport. Well, rapport is trust, confidence. Uh, and if you can uh, do that in advance by interviewing those people, you come already predisposed with that trust and you're going to build from that. Because most people, especially in leadership roles, don't go out and interview their people, don't go out and see the people, don't go out and talk to their staff, their team or their vendors or their suppliers or their clients. So if you do that in advance, you already have one up on most uh, people. And, you know, obviously that first 40% of your program is to build that trust and rapport. And how do you do that? Well, you identify that you know what their problems are. You identify, you know, what are their key distinctions? You also build credibility and credibility comes from trust and uh, knowledge. So if you have to have knowledge of what their challenges are, and you have to be able to build trust. That's what creates credibility as a speaker or as a leader or a trainer or as an entrepreneur who gets in front of their audience. So part of the thing you can do that, ways you can do that is to um, educate, not sell. And you've been through that and you know the importance of what we call wow statements or um, information that causes them to say, wow, just like a great fireworks display at the finale, everybody goes, wow. If you can bring that to the forefront of your talk and capture their attention where they lean in and listen, and that's why we call it engage from your stage, and then ask questions and educate instead of verbal vomit presentation, which is the style that most uh, people use. So yeah, build trust, build credibility, uh, use your knowledge to educate and address their problems and their needs and wants early on, and they'll feel... Uh, an alignment and an affinity and build trust with you. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Scott. Yeah, definitely. I, I, lo I love um, how you, how, where you focus, keep your focus on during the event. And, uh, and I know one of the things you mentioned is that you want to deliver so much value that you're going to get a referral from, from either the event host or someone in the audience, or, you know, just the attendees are going to want to come back to the next, the next event. Uh, I think that's a key focus point as well. And one of the things I noticed that you do is that you do feedback. You actually get feedback from um, attendees. You know, I think in your own events, you mentioned the end, end of each day, you do feedback forms and you look at what's working, what's not working, and you even adjust things from day to day uh, and yeah. definitely from event to event. You know, it's, that's an important note. Um, so, so Scott, here, here's like the big... Uh, I guess the million dollar question, I think for most people who are listening to this podcast is, you know, when you, when there you are at the end of day two or day three of your event, it comes time to uh, ask for the sale. It's time to present the offer for the coaching, the education, the mastermind type program. Um, you know, can you kind of give us your insight as to what's your thinking process around how do you ask for that sale? I know it's not something that, that you do on the fly. You have a, you have a, a formula on how you go about it. Yeah. And the formula, it's really interesting. You know, a lot of times when sales managers would bring me into work with their sales teams or, you know, really high level uh, speakers say, Scott, can you help me with my clothes? Can you help us close more enrollments? Can you help me get more conversions? And that's really the wrong focus. And, and obviously that's the ultimate outcome, but it doesn't start with the sale. It starts way in advance. It starts with the pre-diagnostics, understanding their needs and wants. It's the framing and the building of trust, because if you don't have trust in the beginning, you're going to have to work harder when it comes time for the enrollment opportunity. Uh, you and I worked a great event uh, not too long ago, and we won't name any names, but there was a great public uh, figure who is well-known, well-respected, who was doing an event. And you know he had been to some of the other gurus in the industry on how to how to you know, increase your enrollment conversions. And the plan was to do, you know, so there's, there's something out there called the stack close. And it does work, especially on webinars. It works when you don't have the ability to invest time to meet people and understand their needs and wants and build that trust and confidence. But in this event, that specific person was saying, Scott, you know, we're going to have a few hundred people in the room. 
We're going to do a high-end ticket back-end offer. Um, and right now, my goal is to use the stack close. Now, the stack close consists of, um, here's what we're going to give you. We're going to give you, uh, whether it's a mentorship or a mastermind program or a coaching program with us or a, an upsell to a, a, some kind of a venture program. Then what they do is say, we're going to, you're going to get this. And that's the value of that is $20,000. And, and we're going to throw in this bonus that's worth 1500. And we're going to give you this and this and this. And they stack it up to make it look like this huge, 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 huge value. It's almost like a huge uh, resource library of content that they've created. And they say, all of this adds up to 40 or 50 or $60,000. And today, if you purchase before you leave, you're going to get that for $997. And to me, that's out of integrity. It's almost insulting the intelligence of your audience because they know darn well that those things aren't being sold for the numbers that you're sharing. And long story short, um, you know, they feel like you're starting your relationship by manipulating their in intelligence. So there is a way to do that. There's a couple of people who are really good at it, but I don't recommend that you do that. So in, in working this event, Rudy, I know you did a lot of pre-diagnostic as well as I, and what we found was, you know, let's work on the syntax, let's create, you know, massive building rapport when they get there, identify their needs and wants, build trust, build trust, build trust, build trust, build trust. So they're salivating for what's next without having to be sold. And that's why we call it engage from your stage because um, people don't learn from just presentation they learn when they're engaged. And how do you do engagement? Well, you ask questions, you don't present. You know, we call it say, ask, don't tell. When you get them engaged and they're trying to answer those questions for themselves, they're staying enrolled. And there's something else that's real important. Instead of presenting, I love experiential learning. Uh, the reason is because you have a higher conversion and enrollment engagement because people are engaged. So uh, I coined a phrase called GEMS. It's an acronym, G-E-M-S, that stands for Games, Exercises, Metaphors, and Stories. My belief is that people learn best when they don't know they're learning. And instead of presenting them and trying to, to bait and switch or hook them for a, a, an offer at the end, if you're constantly building, re uh, excuse me, if you're constantly building trust uh, throughout that time frame, you know, you're, you're exercising their, their thinking, you're getting them engaged through um, metaphors, through stories when they're saying, you know, why is he or she sharing that story with me? What does it mean? What should I do? So if you can get them engaged, they're more likely to have a better experience and they're learning what they need to learn as opposed to a narrow sliver of what you think they might need to learn. So if you can get them to learn based on what their needs and wants are, as opposed to what your stock presentation is, you're going to get a much better outcome. The other reason the stack close doesn't work as well either is that um, contrast is, is the goal of that. In fact, there's a great uh, module on this in, in uh, Robert Cialdini's book, Influence, which talks about contrast. And the mistake that people use in the stack close is they say, okay, you're going to get this, this, and this, and this. It's normally $40,000. We're going to give it to you for $1,500 or whatever. For contrast to work, they must own that first number. So if you say it's worth $40,000, but today only you're going to get it for whatever the number is, you, don't, um, you haven't built enough uh, emphasis on the value of the first number. So for example, what I would do is instead, the alternative to that is start off your program. I remember doing a, a speech in Tampa uh, a few years back and, and you know, we were uh, giving the opportunity for people to come to our Engage From Your Stage uh, speaker bootcamp training. And I said, I'm curious, at the very beginning, one of the first things out of my mouth, uh, first of all, is it okay if I pour value into you instead of sell you? Can we just kind of take the sales part off the table because most people in the audience are waiting for the other shoe to drop. They're going to, I know what's going to happen. They're going to give me two days of content and the whole third day is going to be a pitch fest. Or they bring up a, a bunch of different promoters who are pitching their products. And what you want to do is build value in the beginning, build trust. So take it right off the table. Say, I'm going to elegantly demand, I want you to elegantly demand from me that we demonstrate value. And if you want to continue your education from us and you want to raise your hand, we'd be honored. 
but can we just focus on the next two days of providing value? So whether or not you continue your education with us, you have something to take away. Is that okay? Number one, they obviously are relieved and all of a sudden their guards are down. Next thing we do is say, I am curious. Would you invest $25,000 in your education if you felt that you would get this outcome, that outcome, and this outcome, uh, more engagement, more enrollments, more revenues from your events? Great. I'm not asking you, but I'm going to ask you to go through the next hour or day or three days, however long your event or your a webinar or your virtual event is, I'm going to ask you to filter your decision through a $25,000 value. If you don't think there's worth $25,000 value in what we have to offer, there's no reason for you to raise your hand to continue with us. But let's just take that off the table. I'm going to demand that you, or I want you to elegantly demand that we prove that we have our finger on the pulse of your business. We understand the blueprint. We understand the barcode of, of the success that's going to elevate your success in your program. So now they're filtering through $25,000. Then when you get to the enrollment, say, I had a couple goals for being here. Uh, you know, I wanted to provide massive value. How many of you found value? Great. I wanted to have some fun and, and engagement. How many of you had some fun? Great. Can I ask a favor in return? If you'd like to continue your education with us, um, you can do so. And here's the fee. And I proudly, I don't tiptoe into that. I proudly say, here's the investment, whatever it is, 5,000, 10,000, whatever the investment is. And now they're thinking, oh, I was filtering it through a $25,000 investment. And they're prepping themselves mentally. Is it worth $25,000? And they think you're going to charge them $25,000. And the truth is when you get to the, to the real investment and then let's say it's $10,000, it's almost a relief because they're thinking, oh, I was ready to spend 25,000. Now I'm only going to just have to spend 10 or invest 10. Uh, don't say spend their cost because that's a bad framing, but I'm only going to have to invest 10 to get the outcome that I want. That's how they own the contrast. Now, what we did for this event that you and I played at uh, I think they were looking for and hoping for $750,000 to $900,000 worth of enrollment in the back end. And when you and I combined our time, talent, and resources, you know, mine from the platform, because I emceed the event, I introduced the speaker and the other speakers, and I did content in between to build trust, to create engagement, to get people to see how it Im impacts them, their, their health, their finances, their business, their communications. And long story short, at the end of the three days, we didn't do the test, you know, the stack close. We did a, a very simple, you know, if you really want to do this, apply to qualify. We will interview you. And that's what you and your team did uh, very, very well, by the way. And long story short, instead of uh, hitting a target of 750 to 900,000, uh, I think the enrollments were right around $2 million. And that's the impact you can have. We didn't do the stack close. We didn't insult their intelligence. We built trust. We created integrity. And we created a really strong foundation for moving forward. And it was a simple task of asking for the yes. So I know that was a long-winded answer, but the truth is don't focus on the close. Focus on building value. Focus on creating trust. Focus on educating. Focus on solving their problems, their needs, their wants. And that positions you as, a, as an expert and a mentor and a coach that they want to work with and naturally saying, I want to go to the next level is the natural progression. It's no longer a hurdle or a close that you have to do to get people to enroll. So I hope that helped answer your question in a long, a long answer. Scott, that was pure freaking gold. I'm going to go back and listen to this recording and take notes. Um, that was excellent. And I really love how you emphasize and or, and or de-emphasize the, the stack close, which is very typical and traditional. In a, in a lot of the spaces um, because it works and people don't understand why it works <laughs> um, and how you have more of a focus on really honoring um, their intelligence and maintaining integrity in the conversation and, and doing the law of contrast properly from Caldini, having them own the number uh, and then really feel like they're getting a great deal or feeling that relief when it's like, wow, I would have paid 25,000, but the fact that this is 10 or 15,000, Wow, what, what a great deal. Um, so, wow, this is great. And I'm going to encourage anybody who's listening to this to go back and 
probably take notes on, on that last question. <laughs> that was gold. Thank you, sir. <laughs> well, I also say the, the devil's in the details, Rudy. And, uh, you know, people feel like, hey, I want to go do an event. I want to go to a seminar. And they do 80% of the things right or well, and it still fails. And the reason why it's that last 20% of the details that's the difference between, you know, Pareto's principle, you know, 20% accounts for 80% of your results. Uh, that's really that last 20%. And by the way, it took me years, if not decades to discover, it's kind of like a, an ongoing learning process. Each event you do, you're going to learn something else you could have done better. You know, whether it was the pre-diagnostics, whether it was the questions, whether it was the way you set up the logistics of the room, the way you greet them at the check-in counter, uh, the way you do it and making sure that you meet the people early on so that you can have an enrollment conversation at the end. There's so many details that people who jump into the, the live event space or the virtual event space don't have an idea that they need to do. And that's where the real success happens. It's in that last 20% is the frosting on the cake. Most definitely. Devil's in the details. And we don't know what we don't know when we're first jumping in. That's very true. <laughs> and even it sounds like even you four decades in, you're still learning a thing or two. <laughs> Every day. It's kind of like golf or poker or you know, sporting events. If you're not learning each time you're going out, you're getting worse. My my one of my dear friends and mentors, Bob Proctor, who unfortunately just passed away. Um, but you know, he kept it was really important that uh yeah, I don't know how to say this. The, um, yeah, I lost my train of thought on that, but I just say, you know, if you're not learning, you're dying is what he said. You know, if you're not growing, you're dying. And if you don't learn something from each event, you're making a mistake. You want to, in fact, one of the things we do, and I know you do as well with your team, is if you're not doing a debrief of your events, you're making it harder to prepare for your next event. Because it's so easy to go back and look at your notes, look at your journal uh, and, and capture the things that either didn't go well, that could be improved. And I don't, I don't like good or bad or right or wrong. I think here's what went well, here's what could be improved. So get together with your team and listen intently for their feedback or your audience feedback. You mentioned the surveys. We do a survey at the end of each day because I want to kill the monster while it's tiny. If somebody has an upset or a confusion or there was a misunderstanding, I want to identify that on day one not when they leave the room. And so each day we audit or interview or survey actually our attendees. And we say on a scale of zero to 10, how much value did you get? If they're not an eight, nine or 10, like let's say they're a five or a six, I immediately seek them out and say, you know, what could, do, what could we do to improve? Or what did you find you enjoy? What didn't you, uh, what didn't land with you? And go spend some time with them because I want to you know, get them back on track so they can enjoy day two. What am I, do I have time for a quick story? Yeah, please do. All right. So we had a, we had a guarantee a, and we were so committed to it. It was more to hold us accountable than it was to ease the concerns of our clients or our, our participants. And that is, we said, okay, at one point we had an entry event, an intro event that was about $1,500. I think it was. And what we said was, um, we want you to go through the event, play full out. We ask you to play full out. We want you to go through the entire event. And if at the end of the event, you don't think it was worth you know, two or three times the value of not only your investment in the program, but also your travel and expenses for being here, paying for hotel, et cetera, we will refund your entire investment and give you $1,000 to offset your expenses because we didn't deliver on our promise. Now, I made that for two reasons. One was I made sure I prepared so that I didn't have to refund money. And obviously, it eased their concerns about making an investment in an intro program like that, knowing that we were committed to. Now, I was in Buckhead, Atlanta one time, and uh, we did an event. And the first day, I noticed a guy towards the back of the room. And he was sitting like this, you know, his arms crossed. He was shaking his head you know, really closed down. And, I, and by the way, you just notice and you, as a speaker or a trainer, you want to have the awareness of what's going on in your audience. You want to know if they're in that deer in headlights glaze or if they're not participating or if their arms are crossed and legs are crossed and they're checked out. So this guy was definitely checked out all day one. Now, normally I would go to that person at the end of the day. And by the way, I checked his form and it was like a six on a scale of zero to 10. And I'm thinking this isn't right because 
every single other person, 90% of them were tens and a few nines. He was a six. So I, I, I was normally going to, I normally seek them out and say, Hey, listen, you know, it sounds like to me, this program isn't right for you. Um, you know, we invite you to leave if you want, we'll refund your money now. So you don't have to waste your two days if this isn't a fit for you. But I didn't, I said, you know what, I'm going to let this one play out. Day two, Rudy, it was really interesting because day two, he was like this at the start of the day. And then all of a sudden I noticed he goes and he writes something down. And every now and then he would make a note and he started to open up out of his shell. Day three, he was engaged in playing full out. Now here's what happened at the end of the event. There's a whole long line of people who come up and, you know, they want to get their hug or they want to thank us for, you know, providing value. And I could see him in the line. And every time somebody came and stood in the line behind him, he would go to the back of the line. And eventually by the time he was the last person, he came up to me and he said, uh, Scott, I just want to tell you, it, it, this was a great event. He said, quite honestly, I'm an attorney. And I came here to see, for one reason, I didn't come here really to learn. I came here to see if you would actually honor your guarantee. In fact, here's what happened, Rudy. When he first got there, I shook his hand and I said his name and I said, so I'm curious, how much money do I owe you? And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, I, I recognize the fact that you weren't really fully engaged, especially the first day or two. And obviously that's on me, you know, we didn't deliver. So I want to know, uh, do I owe you a refund? And he goes, you'd give me a refund. I said, yeah, of course. And he goes, I'm an attorney. I came here to see if you would. And he, and I said, well, I, I apologize because, you know, coming here with that frame, obviously you missed a great seminar in full and I feel bad about that. And he goes, no, that's on me. But, you know, I, I appreciate the fact you'd honor that and uh, give me a refund. And I said his name and I said, here's what I want to do. That I want you to go to the back of the room and see Dallas. We have a home study program that's valued at $1,000. You know, because you were a little closed down day one or day two, you might have missed some stuff and I don't want you to miss out. So I'm going to gift you that $1,000 program. It's got CDs. It's got, you know, the manual, everything. I'm just going to gift it to you um, so that you can make up for what you missed out on. And the guy was practically in tears. He couldn't believe that I would do that for him. And so that's, that's what I mean by your commitment to your audience. That's what I mean by, you know, holding yourself accountable and holding them accountable to get what they really invested in and paid for. So uh, thanks for, for listening to that story, because that's the kind of outcome I believe you need to have. And that's, and, and by the way, there was only 60 people in the audience. And I think we did, you know, over a quarter of a million dollars in um, backend coaching sales for that event. So it, it was still a very, very successful event uh, in Buckhead, Atlanta. Well, thank you for sharing, Scott. That that story was awesome. And I love uh, starting with the end in mind, right? Like leaving the audience as raving fans, nines and tens across the board, um, or giving them a full refund, right? If they're not yeah. satisfied. And and, um, and it's still like, you know, the, you know, the net promoter score. I mean, it's no, no different than that. Companies use net promoter scores uh, or the MPS system to identify how satisfied your clients or customers are. And, and the question is asked, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, how likely are you to refer uh, a, a friend, a relative or someone else that you know to our services or to buy our product? And if it's zero to six, that's a detractor score. Seven and eight is they're satisfied, but that's still not doing you and them any service. Satisfaction means, you know, they'll, they'll do a little bit with it, but they won't go out and shout from the rooftops. Nine and 10 is the score you want to get because those are what we call raving fans. Those are the people that are going to tell other people uh, how great it was, just like the detractors, the zero to six will tell them how bad it was. So you want people in that nine or 10. And obviously the higher your net promoter score is, the more satisfied or the more excited they are, the more likely they are to be raving fans. And you're right. Start with the outcome in mind. How do we get more nines and tens, uh, preferably tens? And I'm proud to say that our average customer survey score at the end of each day is 9.91, 9.91. That's like all tens with one or two nines, you know? So uh, my goal, and by the way, I'm not hurt if, I, if someone says it was a six, because it's really about them. It's not about me, but I work hard to learn from that and improve so we can get them to a level eight or nine or 10. That's a great point, Scott, that you highlighted. One of the things that we focus on as well, when we do our individual sessions or one-on-ones in the back of the room 
is making sure that they're getting that MPS score sent to them, that link via SurveyMonkey. So we get that immediate feedback, get pulled into a dashboard, and we get notifications if anybody is a, an eight or, or a seven or eight or a six or below, and we, we can do something about it right away. This thing's so critical. That's one of the things um, I love about you and your team, and I think I should encourage other people to do it, is not to shy away from feedback. You know, most people don't offer surveys because they're afraid, you know, someone's going to give them some feedback that they don't like. And that's how you learn. I mean, if, you know, it's, it's like when I go into a restaurant, if I get bad service or bad food or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll ask to see the manager. I'll pull them aside and I say, hey, listen, I know you can't improve if you don't understand or learn what's going on. So here was our experience. We're not upset about it. We don't want a refund. We don't want a discount or a credit or anything. We just want to share our feedback to you as a manager so you can improve your training or the quality of your service, the quality of your food, so that you can grow your business and be more successful. And most people are afraid to do that. And that's the difference between looking good or being good. You know, you don't have to invest in flashy marketing or a great website uh, or you know, anything else if you deliver a great product. You've got to be able to back it up and be good. Um, and in today's day and age, there's all these influencers and, you know, people who have a great Facebook following or Instagram following, the question is, do they really provide value? And you want to fall into that second category. You want to be good and then work on looking good because if you're not being good, looking good doesn't matter. That's right. I like that. <laughs> it's Scott, uh, you mentioned, or I mentioned early in the interview that, you know, one of the feathers in your cap was uh, helping Tony and Chet co-create the first business mastery program. Um, I'm just curious if you can briefly kind of let us know a little bit about how that came about and uh, the work you did for Tony and Chet. Yeah, it's uh, it was an interesting journey. I think back in the uh, 1989, Rudy, as you know, I uh, I bought a training franchise from Tony Robbins, and I did so because you know the stuff that was he was sharing the the communication skills, the engagement, the framing, the you know the NLP training and so forth that he was sharing was uh, obviously far and above. At the time, I was working with the Dale Carnegie organization doing training for speakers and, uh, and salespeople. But I immediately bought his franchise. And within six months, I moved from the Midwest to the West Coast to start my franchise in West LA. And in six months, I had a goal of being the number one franchise. And out of 220 franchises, I had elevated to the number one, number one position and held that for uh, three and a half years. And as a result, they got the Destiny Leadership Award that Tony gave out each year to the top franchise. Um, after about four or five years, I took what I learned and valuable information. I couldn't have gotten that education anywhere else. I couldn't have gone to school for six years and gotten the education I got there. But I took what I learned from Tony and the team uh, and being a, a, a trainer for Tony as well for his live events like Date with Destiny. I went through 26 Date with Destinies. And I, I say this often, it's not because I'm a slow learner. It's because I really wanted to master the material. And uh, so I did that for, I did the franchise for four or five years, went back out into my own, started my boutique consulting relay, uh, business, working with business owners, working with salespeople, working with speakers and trainers who wanted to become more effective at their engagement and their enrollment. And in 2008, uh, Chet Holmes and Tony Robbins combined their resources to create a company called Business Breakthroughs International. And they invited me to co-create the event you know, to help logistics, camera crews, room setup, meal plan, uh, and work with his creative team on uh, co-creating the agenda. You know, I hired and, and uh, retained 19 key speakers who were high uh, business speakers, you know, people like Jay Abraham, Stephen M. R. Covey, Vishen Lakiani from Mind Valley, uh, brought in a lot of great speakers to create this five-day program uh, that we sold uh, to, here's the deal in six, eight, I only had eight weeks to put this together and I was totally in charge, uh, general manager of the entire event and uh, was the MC to open the program. And his goal was to put 250 people in the room. And I worked with about 16 salespeople that we put together, created the scripting, created the dialogue, created the enrollment process. Uh, we used their list to put Tony and Chet on a, uh, a phone call where you know we talked about what the program was gonna be out. Long story short, their goal was to do 250 people um, at a high enrollment fee. And we had to cut off, true story, Rudy, we had to cut off enrollments at 459 because the fire marshal said, that's it. If you're going classroom style, that's as many people as you can fit in the room. So it was a six week, uh, I burned a lot of energy putting that together. 
And I told Tony when I saw him, I literally lost 22 pounds in six weeks because I was working so hard to put the event together. I didn't have time to eat. <laughs> so um, great event, turned out very successful. And as a result of that, that was kind of the springboard. Uh, and I was very well compensated for that. That was the springboard for Tony to go into business mastery because I'd been working in business consulting for the last you know, 15 years. And Tony and Chet wanted to leverage that and say, okay, how can we build a business program as well? Because they were shifting from personal development to business development. And that's, and Tony's one of the best at both, you know, coaching mindset, you know, internal and external communications. Uh, nobody's better for personal or business uh, in the world that I know of. And I think one caveat to that is so many times, and you've probably heard this as well, say, yeah, I want to be like Tony Robbins. Well, guess what? Tony's already taking be yourself. And there's ways you can get some of the results that Tony has, but you don't have to Robbins to do that. I'm not saying that you, you wouldn't go and don't try to be a clone of Tony. So many people say, yeah, I was partners. I worked with Tony Robbins and anybody who's been to a seminar or, you know, uh, they were a field sales rep for Tony who sold the thing, or they worked in his office at one point was business partners with Tony. Technically I was a business partner. I traveled with him for uh, numerous years, like 120 days a year. I was at a live event as a trainer and then a, you know, obviously at the same time being a franchise owner, as well as helping him co-create his first business mastery. Uh, after that, they asked me to be stay on as CEO of their uh, business high-end business growth consulting division uh, to consult for business owners who wanted to grow their sales, the front end, their marketing, their messaging, their framing, and their, their overall success. So I did that for about a year and realized that wasn't for me. I went back into what I'm doing now. And that's my uh, destiny training uh, consulting business. Awesome, Scott. Thank you for that extra gift of story there. And I, I, I actually didn't know all of that about you. I, so I enjoyed hearing that, that story. Um, I know listeners will as well. And uh, speaking of, um, you know, you're now training with destiny training systems. Um, can you maybe just share a little bit about that and, uh, and maybe how the listeners can uh, reach you if they're interested in learning more? Uh, yeah, thank you. I'd be happy to, you know, I, I, my belief is, you know, sales, business, entrepreneurship is 90% communication. And most people think it's about the product. It's about the people. Well, it is to some extent, but if you don't have effective communication, first and foremost with yourself, you know, what is your mindset? What's that internal dialogue? You got to have that mastered. Number one, number two, with your relationships, personal and professional relationships, next with your team or your organization, next with your marketplace and, and the world as a whole, your community, your tribe. And if you're not communicating effectively, if you're not framing, if you're not uh, engaging, then it's going to be difficult for you to grow your business, have success, you know, have profitability, create enrollments or engagement. So we focus at Destiny Training, we focus a great deal on your personal internal communications, your sales and relationship communications, and then your marketing communications. My belief is if you uh, master your message uh, and you can make a, a big difference in your people. So uh, you want to elevate your ability to influence. You want to elevate your ability to impact, uh, which results in income. So we work with business owners on a consulting relationship. We usually have two or three clients at a time. We help them grow their, and, and Rudy, you've been through that experience. We've worked with your team. We help train their salespeople. We you know, work on your framing, your marketing, your messaging, and so forth. So we have a couple clients at a time. Our flagship program, Rudy, as you know, you went through the virtual uh, portion of that is called Engage From Your Stage. And it's really a deep dive immersion experience. We started out where it was a five-day boot camp, and it was like, early in the morning till late at night, full immersion, very intense, very powerful experience where you learn how to connect from the platform, whether it's you know to create a, a training for your team or whether it's to uh, be a keynote speaker. You know, I've got clients who make $150,000 a keynote and they still hire me to work with them on their framing, uh, on their sales, on their uh, whole messaging or communication. So, um, you know, we work in an emergency. Now it's changed. It's morphed by accident when, when COVID came about. You know, we couldn't do live events. 
So we changed to a virtual program where it was, you know, meeting on a regular basis over a period of, of weeks or months and, you know, chunking down and doing a module at a time. Now we've gone to a place where it's three, excuse me, a 60 day advance virtual program. And then it's a three day live where you get a chance to put that to use with live feedback and coaching and interaction from not only myself, but the other participants who are there. So engage from your stage. In fact, you can go to, you ask how do people find out about it, us, go to engagefromyourstage.com. And there's a landing page there uh, and a gift I'll give to your listeners as well, Rudy. If you go to, uh, if, you, if they go through the landing page, they'll see all what it's about. Some of our clients and testimonials, some of the top speakers in the world who've endorsed us. Um, but at the very bottom of that landing page, one of our mutual friends is Elliot Rowe. And I did a really uh, great podcast with Elliot. It was an hour long podcast, uh, similar to some of the questions you asked. But at the bottom, there's a podcast with Elliot. Uh, listen to that podcast. There's nothing to buy. If you just go there and listen to that podcast, uh, it's a very valuable education on how to more effectively communicate and engage from your stage. So if they go there, they'll get access to that podcast as well. Awesome. Thanks for sharing this, Scott. I will add that to my list as well. Another episode <laughs> to yeah. listen to. It was early great, on with but... Elliot. Elliot's a great uh, a mutual friend and great resource as well. I 100% agree. I've, I've done many sessions with Elliot and it's definitely shifted my mindset and my life and the results I've been able to produce as well. So highly recommend listening to that to our listeners. Um, and Scott, uh, just briefly here as kind of our final question wrap up here, love to ask you uh, what legacy do you want to leave? What do you want to be remembered for? Yeah. Uh, that's an amazing question because uh, I love it. It comes back to why people fail in business and sales and relationships. It's the difference between thinking short-term and long-term. If you think about short-term, you know, what sale am I going to make today? What are my numbers going to be like this quarter? Um, you've got to look at those things my belief is there's more value in looking long-term. You know, what's, what, how do people look at me as my character? What's my reputation in the industry going to be? What's the legacy that I'm going to leave? And the intent of your question is very powerful because if people think about how do I want to be remembered as opposed to how much money am I going to make, it changes how you contribute to your audience and your, 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 uh, the people who are, who are coming to you for wisdom or advice. Um, my legacy changed recently, Rudy. Um, I was doing a lot of live events and I realized that, yeah, you can get great content in live events. The question is, does it really make a lasting difference? And consulting taught me something that I get a chance to impact companies for six to 24 months, working with them on a, on a weekly basis. So we can move the needle on their communication, on their sales, on their scripting, on their marketing, on their messaging, on their speaking skills. And that's where we really move the needle. Going to a one-time event, you'll capture a little bit, but most of it gets lost when you get back into that vicious cycle of life or business that you're doing already. So if you can continually improve little incremental adjustments over time, uh, you're going to get lasting change. So about three years ago, about a, two years, four years ago, two years prior to COVID breaking out, I stopped doing live events and we uh, bought a training center here in Las Vegas and we built it out so people could come to us and work with us on an ongoing basis. So it wasn't just a one and done, which has little impact. And unfortunately, after two years, that, that, that facility burned down. But the reason for creating that was my commitment to honor my mentors, Tony Robbins, Bob Proctor, Jay Abraham and others. There was a lot of people who contributed to the message that I now train and coach on. Um, my commitment was this. I don't want to work with someone just because they can afford our fees or, or write us a check. I'm only looking to work with companies, entrepreneurs, speakers who want to make a difference. All right. There's a, you know, the question is, do you want to make money or do you want to make meaning? And if you want to make a meaning, if you want to make a difference, those are the people I want to appeal to. And the reason why was this is that, yeah, I could go work for five companies at a time and elevate those five companies. But I felt like I would rather work with a hundred entrepreneurs 
who may not have the resources, the education or the wisdom or the experience to be successful, but they would long-term impact a greater number of people. And if I only worked with those people like you who have high integrity, who want to make a difference, who want to master their message, who really want to give back, then my legacy is contributing to the message and the voice of them being heard. And I know that the world's going to be a better place if I contribute to people who are contributing to the masses for the correct reasons and not just to, you know, check off another box or uh, meet their budget or quota for sales that month. So right now my legacy is to honor Bob Proctor, to take the message. And 30% of what I teach is, is tied directly back to Bob Proctor. Uh, 40 or 50% is directly tied back to the years and the education I got with Tony Robbins. And the fun part is, and Jay Abraham and others, the fun part is when you put all those together, you know, I now have a different recipe or a different menu to choose from based on each and one of every one of those mentors taking the best of those people, just like in Think and Grow Rich when I read that, it was go out and become partners with the best people in the world and then, you know, offer a combination of that. So thanks for your question. My legacy now is 100% to contribute to people who are making a difference and, and have high integrity. Thank you for sharing that, Scott, and uh, thank you for working with us. It's uh, grateful to be part of your legacy, and uh, we definitely intend to uh, to make you proud. So thank you. Appreciate you, brother. And, uh, you know, just for our listeners here as we wrap up, um, encourage you, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to uh, uh, share it with others, leave a positive review, and definitely go to Scott's website, uh, engagefromyourstage.com, and take advantage of that extra podcast that he has with Elliot Rowe on there. And, and if you think you're fit to work with Scott, definitely reach out to him. I highly recommend it. Um, thank you, Scott, for being a member, uh, a member and a guest on our show today. And uh, really grateful for the time we've had together. Thank you. My pleasure, Rudy. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity to contribute to others. And uh, hopefully there was a nugget or two that you took from this and uh, please put it to use. Love to make a big difference. The, the world needs it right now. Absolutely. The world does need it right now. Yeah. Thank you. If we're not growing together, we're growing apart. So hopefully we'll have a chance uh, in the future to grow together. Amen. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome, my friend. Thank you for listening to the High Profit Event Show. If you are a seminar leader or thought leader or event service provider who has led or supported profitable, successful events to over 100 people and you've been effective at enrollment into your high-end coaching, education, mastermind tech programs, we're looking for guests. Love to have you on the show. You can go to our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com, click on the podcast tab and submit an application to be on our show. Also, if you found the show to be valuable, share it with someone who you think might benefit from it. Take a moment, please leave a review and also subscribe if you haven't already. And lastly, if you have an upcoming uh, event, whether it be virtual or in person, and you'd like to have a conversation about how to fill your coaching, education, mastermind programs fast using events, you're welcome to book a complimentary 15-minute uh, consult with either myself or a member of my team on our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com. Again, this is Rudy Rodriguez, and congratulations on investing the time to listen to this episode. I hope it's been valuable. Have a great day.